Alawapa, friends. It's the fifth day of Will, the year 175 of the Badi calendar, October 1st, 2018. It's a glorious spring day here at the bottom of the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. Today I'm going to read a passage from uh, The Promulgation of Universal Peace by Abdu'l-Bahá. It was from a talk given on June 16, 1912 at the Fourth Unitarian Church in Brooklyn, New York. It begins as this. This is a Unitarian Church, and in the Arabic tongue, this day may well be called Yam al-Itahad, the Unitarian Day. Therefore, I consider it appropriate to speak to you upon the subject of unity. What is real unity? When we observe the human world, we find various collective expressions of unity therein. For instance, man is distinguished from the animal by his degree or kingdom. This comprehensive distinction includes all the posterity of Adam and constitutes one great household or human family which may be considered the fundamental or physical unity of mankind. Further, a distinction exists between various groups of humankind, according to lineage, each group forming a racial unity separate from the others. There is also the unity of tongue among those who use the same language as a means of communication. National unity, where various peoples live under one form of government, such as French, German, British, etc., and political unity, which conserves the civil rights of parties or factions of the same government. All these unities are imaginary and without real foundation, for no real result proceeds from them. The purpose of true unity is real and divine outcomes. From these limited unities, mentioned only limited outcomes proceed whereas unlimited unity produces unlimited result. For instance, from the limited unity of race or nationality, the results at most are limited. It is like a family living alone and solitary. There are no unlimited or universal outcomes from it. The unity which is productive of unlimited results is first a unity of mankind, which recognizes that all are sheltered beneath the overshadowing of the all-glorious, that all are servants of one God. For all breathe the same atmosphere, live upon the same earth, move beneath the same heavens, receive effulgence from the same sun, and are under the protection of one God. This is the most great unity, and, it result, and its results are lasting if humanity adheres to it. But mankind has hitherto violated it, adhering to sectarian or other limited unities such as racial, patriotic, or unity of self-interest. Therefore, no great results have been forthcoming. Nevertheless, it is certain that the radiance and favors of God are encompassing. Minds have developed. Perceptions have become acute. Sciences and arts are widespread, and capacity exists for the proclamation and promulgation of the real and ultimate unity of mankind, which will bring forth marvelous results. It will reconcile all religions, make warring nations loving, 
cause hostile kings to become friendly and bring peace and happiness to the human world. It will cement together the Orient and the Occident, remove forever the foundations of war, and appraise the ensign of the most great peace. These limited unities are therefore signs of that great unity, which will make all the human family one by being productive of the attractions of conscience in mankind. Another unity is the spiritual unity, which emanates from the breast of the Holy Spirit. This is greater than the unity of mankind. Human unity or solidarity may be likened to the body, whereas unity from the breast of the Holy Spirit is the spirit animating the body. This is a perfect unity. It creates such a condition in mankind that each one will make sacrifices for the other, and the utmost desire will be to forfeit life and all that pertains to it in behalf of another's good. This is the unity which existed among the disciples of Jesus Christ and bound together the prophets and holy souls of the past. It is a unity which through the influence of the divine spirit is permeating the Baha'is, so that each offers his life for the other and strives with all sincerity to attain his good pleasure. This is the unity which caused 20,000 people in Persia to give their lives in love and devotion to it. It made the Bab the target of a thousand arrows and caused Baha'u'llah to suffer exile and imprisonment forty years. This unity is the very spirit of the body of the world. It is impossible for the body of the world to become quickened with life without its vivification. Jesus Christ, may my life be a sacrifice to him, promulgated this unity among mankind. Each soul who believed in Jesus Christ became revivified and resuscitated through this spirit, attained to the zenith of eternal glory, realizing the everlasting life, experienced the second birth, and rose to the acme of good fortune. In the word of God there is still another unity, the oneness of the manifestations of God, Abraham, Moses, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, the Bab, and Baha'u'llah. This is the divine unity, heavenly, radiant, merciful, the one reality appearing in its successive manifestations. For instance, the sun is one and the same, but its points of dawning are various. During the summer season, it rises from the northern point of the ecliptic. In winter, it appears from the southern point of rising. Each month between, it appears from a different zodiacal position. Although these dawning points are different, the sun is the same sun which has appeared from them all. The significance is the reality of prophethood, which is symbolized by the sun, and the holy manifestations are the dawning places, or zodiacal points. There is also the divine unity or entity, which is sanctified above all concept of humanity. It cannot be comprehended nor conceived, because it is infinite reality and cannot become finite. Human minds are incapable of surrounding the reality because all thoughts and conceptions of it are finite, intellectual creations and not the reality of divine being which alone knows itself. For example, if we form a conception of divinity as a living, almighty, self-subsisting, eternal being, 
This is only a concept apprehended by a human intellectual reality. It would not be the outward visible reality, which is beyond the power of, the, of human mind to conceive or encompass. We ourselves have an external visible entity, which even our concept of it is a product of our own brain and limited comprehension. The reality of divinity is sanctified above this degree of knowing and realization. It has ever been hidden and secluded in its own holiness and sanctity above our comprehending. Although it transcends our realization, its lights, bestowals, traces, and virtues have become manifest in the realities of the prophets, even as the sun becomes resplendent in various mirrors. These holy realities are as reflectors, and the div reality of divinity is as the sun, which although it is reflected from the mirrors, and its virtues and perfections become resplendent therein, does not stoop from its own station of majesty and glory and seek abode in the mirrors. It remains in its heaven of sanctity. At most it is this, that its lights become manifest and evident in its mirrors or manifestations. Therefore, its bounty proceeding from them, it, its bounty proceeding from them is one bounty, but the recipients of that bounty are many. This is the unity of God. This is oneness, unity of divinity, wholly above ascent or descent, embodiment, comprehension, or idealization, divine unity. The prophets are its mirrors; its lights are revealed through them. Its virtues become resplendent in them, but the sun of reality never descends from its own highest point and station. This is unity, oneness, sanctity. This is glorification whereby we praise and adore God. I'm going to read now from the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. We're on the seventh one from the Arabic. O son of man, if thou lovest me, turn away from thyself, and if thou seekest my pleasure, regard not thine own, that thou mayest die in me, and may eternally live in thee. I'm going to close now with a prayer from the Baha'i Prayer Book page 227 and 228. O Lord, provide for the speedy growth of the tree of thy divine unity. Water it then, O Lord, with the flowing waters of thy good pleasure, and cause it before the revelations of thine divine assurance to yield such fruits as thou desirest for thy glorification and exaltation thy praise and thanksgiving, and to magnify thy name, to laud the oneness of thine essence, and to offer adoration unto thee, inasmuch as all this lieth within thy grasp, and in that of none other. Great is the blessedness of those whose blood thou hast chosen, wherewith to water the tree of thine affirmation, and thus to exalt thy holy and immutable word, the Bab. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Monday, and I hope that you'll tune in again on Wednesday for the next um, 
installment of Scattering Angels. Have a great day.